If you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world World of of food. Did you hear there's a brand new flavor of M&M's? I am not the biggest M&M fan, but this, this is going to get me. It's perfect for people who love coffee and chocolate. It's called the new Espresso Dark chocolate M&M's. Ooh. Did you I know, try by the one way, the, the regular M&M's, the yellow ones, and the green ones taste different? Did you know that? Then the red ones and the brown ones? No, just the yellow and the green taste different huh. than all the other ones. I've never noticed. They don't. I made that up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you have me buying a bag of M&M's. Like, right. Let me try one more. I ate the whole thing <laughs> trying to taste the difference. But finally, in the world of food, if you enjoy snacking on bugles, you know, the bugles. Oh, snack, yeah, and you got to put them on the ends um, of your fingers. Oh, yes. Yeah, even yes, as, yes. Even there's no, there is no expiration date on that. You can be 75 and still, do, still that. do it. Mm-hmm. Well, you might want to try new Hidden Valley Ranch bugles. Those just came out. Mm, I'm not, I'm a, not big, a ranch person. Me neither. So. My daughter Amber, she would dip ever. She'd dip a Krispy Kreme in ranch. That's she my loves niece ranch Tabitha. So much. She loves ranch on everything. Is Tabitha super super smart? Yeah. Because Amber's like, I mean, like crazy smart. I mean, like by far the smartest person in our family. Is Tabitha the smartest person in your family? Yes. Well, look at maybe there's something to it. Or maybe we should start eating more ranch. <laughs> <laughs> what is an almond mom? Is Sittervising a thing coming up? Your guide to the latest parenting buzzwords. Hey, would you like to uh, have a guide to all the latest parenting buzzwords? It's hard to keep up, isn't it? Do you know what an almond mom is? Have you ever heard of that, Kev? A uh, mom who only gives her kids almond milk. Duh. Uh, you're close. <laughs> yeah, it's a parent that micromanages what their kids eat, even mm. when they're away from home. That's an almond mom. That makes sense. So S- probably yeah. drive from, oh, they only have almond milk. Mm-hmm. Sittervising, that's supervising your children from the sitting position instead of hovering over them physically. And uh, the last parenting buzzword to get you up to date is parentification. It's defined as a parent who heavily relies on a child to either help raise the other children help pay bills, or run the home. Hmm. That's interesting. I was watching a video. We were watching America's Funniest Videos last night, right? And these kids, they're two toddlers. They're in their uh, they're, they're in their uh, sleep. What do you call the thing they sleep in? Uh, it's not a, a playpen, but yeah, like the crib? big the big crib with the big sidewalls and stuff. Two kids, that they're, they're up against each other, and the two kids are playing. They're supposed to be in bed. And then you hear mom on the baby monitor. Are you guys sleeping? And right when she says that, boom, they both hit the mattresses. It was so funny. (laughs) So funny. Have you been out and about around town and noticed people cannot wait for Christmas this year? Yes. Especially businesses. (laughs) If you've been inside a business, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, you'd think it was December 24th already. Let's talk about that next. So uh, my wife and I were out running an errand uh, yesterday, Taylor, and boy, it is just like a winter wonderland out there. Everywhere you go. I that. It's crazy. It seems like it's earlier than ever that retail places have gone full-blown mm-hmm. ho, ho, ho. Yes. I mean, it's not just like they're starting to put stuff up. It's boom. Santa's here, like time of the year. And we had a conversation about, first, we're not putting stuff up yet. But my wife said, and she said this before, but I think she might mean it this year. She said she's going to cut back, like not spend as much as she usually does. She's on everything? On gifts. gifts. She said on, okay. on entertaining, she's still going to do like the usual stuff, go all out. But gift giving, she's going to dial it way back. And I 
am A, hopeful that she holds to that because she never has before. But B, I was like, well, why? And she said what a lot of people are saying. She goes, well, I don't know, with the inflation and the economy the way it is, I just don't feel good mm-hmm. about it. I just feel like we should be smarter than that. Yeah. And I was like, wow, okay. You know, it's so funny. I've been working with you for a long time. We've been friends for a long time. I think she makes this commitment every year. <laughs> and every year, but the, it doesn't happen. <laughs> the economy has never been like this before where we seem on the precipice of everything falling apart. And I think that's in her head. I think that that is in her head. And she's just like, it probably wouldn't be the smartest thing in the world to like go in credit card debt or spend from savings or whatever mm-hmm. with, it seems like... We're about to go off a cliff, and I don't know. I'm not a financial guy. I have no idea if that's true or not. You might be a financial planner and go, oh, that's not true. I don't know, but it just I'm saying it feels that way to us, and she's going to change how we spend this holiday. Now, check back in with me on December 23rd, right. and I'll let you know if she actually <laughs> held to that, because, yes, she has made this promise before. Yes. But it'll, it'll, I'm wondering, are other people feeling the same way? Are you feeling... Like the pinch in the pocketbook already, or you're like Tracy, you're like, mm, I don't know what's going to happen in the coming months, so maybe it wouldn't be the smartest thing in the world to spend all that money right now. Do you feel that? And do you think it'll change how you spend for the holidays? We'd love to hear from you. Hey, Elena, we're talking about spending for the holidays this year. Do you think you're going to spend less the same or more than in past years? We're going to do more experiences as a family, like going to the zoo, the aquarium, instead of just material things, which the kids will probably play with for three months and then be done with. Oh, what a great idea. I love experience gifts. They're my fave. But do you think you'll be spending the same amount? We'll probably be spending less because we're going to spend it over the whole year instead of just at Christmas. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all well and good till they hit the aquarium gift shop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they've got to have the forty dollar whale doll. <laughs> That's like exactly. my friend. She told me, "Please, no more stuffies for my daughter. She's got her beds crowded with them." And then she goes to the zoo with her daughter, and her daughter talks her into a new stuffy. <laughs> Tis the season for gift giving. Do you have a ton of people on your list to buy for? This may come in handy. This could be one of the necessary aspects to the perfect. Christmas gift. Four out of five people say it should be a surprise. Hmm. 80% of us feel giving gifts is more fun when the person isn't expecting it. And man, I love surprising people, but it is so hard. (laughs) So hard. Like, A, my husband and I, all our finances are completely intertwined. So he gets a a text when I buy something on Amazon. Mm. And then, like, with friends and stuff, you try to surprise, but they're like, Oh, thanks. I already have one of these. <laughs> you get that. I get that with my 11 nieces and nephews, yeah. too. Mm. That's tricky to surprise people nowadays. I hate surprises. If if somebody's buying me a gift, I want it. I want it now. Even if it's and, November, you still want your yeah. Christmas get, and gift And I'm the now. same way with giving. If somebody buys me something, they have it in their possession, I want it. And I'm the same way with giving gifts. I am terrible. I'll be like, if I get my wife a Christmas, I'll be like, you want it now? Do you want it now? Can I give it to you now? Did you propose to her the day you bought the ring? Because you couldn't wait? No. Oh, look, see, you have the ability to wait on a gift if needed. I was really nervous about that one. (laughs) I didn't know if she'd say yes. (laughs) Really? You weren't sure? Ooh, I think Every every guy has a little bit of doubt in their mind, like a little bit. Yeah? Like, yeah. Oh, it would be so awkward. Sure hope she says yes. It's on the Jumbotron and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Have you had a setback in your life recently and you're like, ooh, what do I, where do I go from here? What do I do next? We're going to talk about that next. 
So have you had a setback in your life recently? It's it's tough sometimes. You got to pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and start all over again. And um, I had a you setback. You should write a song. <laughs> I had a setback the other day, and I thought, you know, I don't really want to talk about it on the radio. It's kind of embarrassing, but I think we all can learn from from this little setback, and and it's just such an analogy of what happens in life. Um, a lot of you know I broke my wrist back in April, mm. and um, I was I just was climbing up a hill. My tire hit a diagonal root, slid me right off, and I Mountain put my biking. arm out. It was like the most benign, calm little fall, and then all of a sudden, surgery and physical therapy and this whole new life. Well, um, I got over my fear and got back on my mountain bike, and I've been very thrilled and proud. I've been riding anytime I can, and I went for a ride with my husband the other day, and he's like, where do you want to ride? And I picked a trail, and I'm like, I'm ready for that one. I'm ready. And I was not ready. I started having almost like what I can describe as like a mini panic. Like there was Mm -hmm. this sharp right turn down a hill with a ton of diagonal roots, and I just like... And I hopped off my bike and I just felt, (sighs) and um, my husband was so sweet. He waited and waited for me and I finally showed up. He's like, are you okay? I said, not really. And right there, he, he got me off the trail. We exited through a neighborhood and he wanted to go home. He's like, you're done. You're done. It's okay. Let's just go home. I go, no. And so I went over to an easier trail Hmm. and kept working on my skills and my confidence over there. But it was such an analogy for life. You know, it could be easy to just give up because you think, oh, well, I had a panic. Like, this is it. I can't mountain bike anymore. Hmm. But in so many things in life, when you have a setback, you just have to keep moving forward and do what you can. Even if it's like I did, baby steps, go back to the easier trail. Um, And so I hope if you're going through a setback in your life right now, maybe it's a business you're trying to get off the ground or um, some relationship issues. I hope that you keep pushing through and know that God's going to give you strength for each step of the way. So when you think about your kids, do they have a big sibling rivalry? Do your kids always get along? Or are they always trying to one-up each other? Has that changed as they've gotten older? Or are they just rivals about other things now? We'd love to hear what's going on with you and your kids or maybe your, uh, your siblings. Give us a call. So whether you've had full-blown sibling rivalry or just your kids are constantly bickering, we've all had conflict with our families, especially with kids, right? We'd love to hear what's going on in your house. Let's get right to the root of it. Taylor, you have four sisters, right? Did you guys have... I'm choking on my coffee because I'm like, what? Do we have to talk about me? Yeah. And I'll talk about being my brother. we're talking about everybody else. But you guys, I'm sure, had rivalries. You guys had your little spats. What do you think is at the root of sibling rivalry, because I have my own theory, but I, before uh, I say what it is, I'd like to hear what yours is. Oh, man. I didn't know we were going to be psychologists today. I would say... <laughs> we're dime store. Say, we're a Lucy psychiatrist every day. We are. <laughs> psychiatrist is in. A nickel, please. Okay, so I would say at the root of it, uh-huh. uh, if you boil it all down, it comes to our desire for love that can only be filled by Christ, and... Our perception of how loved we are within the family. Mm, so My parents tried really hard to treat all five of us exactly the same. But I think when you're not feeling it or there's jealousy or things like that, then sibling rivalry can rear its ugly head. Yeah, I think it was. I think you nailed it with the, the J word, jealousy. I think it's the big, the, the ugly green monster. It's when somebody feels like they're more loved or they're getting more than their fair share 
or I'm not getting my fair share and mm-hmm. everyone else is, that's when uh, the sibling, sibling rivalry. That's why a lot of trouble starts when head. one child has an illness mm. because the attention goes on that child mm. because yeah. of the crisis. And then and the, the other, other child, as hard out. as you try to make them feel loved, it it can fall short. Did you guys have rivalries, you and your sisters, when you were kids? Any rivalries? I don't know if I'd use the word rivalry, but we definitely fought, yeah. for sure. I mean, like, Friday nights were mom and dad's date night, and it was our fight night. <laughs> like, we would stay home. <laughs> Let's and, get ready to rumble! <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And we have such a wide range of ages in our yeah. family. Our My sisters are... Five and seven years older than me, and the twins are five years younger, hmm. and yet we still had our moments. For I sure. think my uh, my brother and I totally, totally had our moments where there was mom. You know, the feel I can remember feeling like mom and dad love you more. So I'm going to be a little jerk. <laughs> 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 I don't think that was the actual thought process, but that was the behavior mm-hmm. just to uh, to get their attention. But what about you guys? Do you see that going on with your uh, with your own kids or maybe with your own siblings? Would love to hear from you. Hey, Maria, we're talking about sibling rivalries. Are you experiencing one or have you experienced one with your family? Yes, yes. And and we're all grown. We're all grown, but we're, we're it's still happening even at this <laughs> age. Every, everyone is over 50 years old and there's just all, all this. It's just really bad. Ooh, bet the Thanksgiving isn't fun <laughs> at their house, right? They're saying that the main causes for sibling rivalry are kids feeling like things aren't fair. How many times have we heard our kids say, or maybe you can remember saying it when you were a kid, that's not fair. That's mm-hmm. not fair, right? So you have your own sense of what's fair and what's not. And when that's violated, it can come from uh, you know, like your own kids changing needs, individual temperaments, they're saying, uh, problems with sharing. Like a, a, the list goes on and on and on. Mm. Attention. You feel like the other kids are getting more attention than you are. Or maybe when you're punished, you have more older siblings feel like they have more responsibilities than younger ones. The younger ones get away with everything, right? So mm-hmm. it's endless. And you'd like to think as adults, we are like that poor lady. They're all in their 50s and they're still dealing with that stuff. But it seems like when you get together with your family, you revert back to the roles you played when you were kids, even though, you know, you could be, I'm a mature adult and I run my own company, but to your family, you're still the little kid, right? Mm-hmm. They don't see you that way. Yeah. And that can be, uh, that can be really hard. When was the last time you flew on an airplane? Were you super annoyed with how tiny the seats were? <laughs> when it comes to the ever-shrinking size of airline seats, people have a lot to say in the three months since the FAA asked the public to give feedback on airline seat sizes. The agency was uh, was just immersed with close to 30,000 submissions. I'm surprised it was only 30,000. Yeah. The concern is not only the physical stress of being squeezed into that seat for hours, but also doubting they could get out of their seat quickly if there was an emergency. Yeah, it's none of that to me. It's just the social awkwardness of being you know, squeezed in like a sardine with a total stranger next to you. And you're like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> we're all in each other's personal space here, but it's okay, right? It's not awkward at all. Yeah, not, a, not one little bit. Coming up, have you ever been in trouble and help showed up at just the right time? Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good news! Have you ever been in trouble and help showed up at just the right time? 
This older lady in Florida drove off the road, plunged her car into a canal, and she could have drowned. But a paraglider saw it happen and helped save her. Now, technically, he was paramotoring with a big fan on his back, and he had a GoPro on, so it's all caught on video. Check this out. You need help. Fell with my car in here. Let go of your left hand. Me and my friend, Diego, we are flying this morning like we always do Sunday before church. And I'm flying, I see a car in the canal. And I go around and I land in the middle of nowhere. And I land and we come and we start asking for help. A neighbor comes. Wow. Hey, we pretty much saved this lady's life today, okay? Definitely. Yeah, they called 911. She's going to totally be okay. All because they happened to be flying by before church that morning. Wow. She's alive today because of them. I want to go flying before church. <laughs> I know. Doesn't that sound like a great hobby? Sounds like a great way to get a good perspective before going yeah, into church. Get seriously. the God's eye view on everything, there you go. right? So let's talk about travel plans for the holidays. Oh, boy. I know, right? What are you thinking about for Thanksgiving? Are you traveling? Are you staying home? Is it... We went to your family last time. It's my family's turn. Are you going through those conversations right now? We'd love to hear what's happening at your house. This is one of those deals where people are going to call and go, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're talking about this. We were just arguing about this (laughs) last night. We'd love to hear what your plan is, at least at this point, or is it still evolving and you haven't decided yet? Hey, Dean, we're talking about the holidays coming up. Thanksgiving is the first one. And are you staying put or are you traveling? Well, we're empty nesters. So my wife, Sherry, and I are headed to New York to knock off a few items on her bucket list for Maisie's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the Rockettes, Music Man, and wow. do the whole thing kind of like a second honeymoon. Wow, oh, look at so that. That's so exciting. Autumn in New York. How romantic. Sorry, kids. You're going to have to fend for yourselves. We're going to the Big Apple. Yeah, they're out of the house. They're off the payroll, so they can manage. <laughs> Hey, Samantha, you guys have a a little system that works for Thanksgiving in your family. Help us out. What is it? I am one of five, and every year is someone's turn to host out of the siblings. Last year was mine. This year is my little sister's. So we all know where we're going to be on Thanksgiving. We do it early so everyone can go to the spouses afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have it early um, because we have 22 people in my immediate family. Hello. So, yeah, so we we have a very root, very uh, systematic thing in place, and we all know who's bringing what, when we're going to be there, what time we're eating, and when everyone's leaving. Man, wow. it's like a military operation. No I kidding. wish all families could be that organized. <laughs> when you have that many people, and that's not including aunts and uncles, that's just my mother, father, brothers, sisters, nieces, nephews, and their spouses. So what time do you guys eat? We eat at 11 a.m. So we eat <laughs> oh, wow. very early. What yeah. time is it getting up to yeah. start cooking? Whoever's cooking is up early. I'm usually up at 4 o'clock in the morning cooking. Oh. Oh, you're, they haven't even started getting the floats ready for the Macy's parade yet, and you're already <laughs> up cooking. <laughs> I'm just getting home from the gobble jog at 11 a.m. Man, yeah. that is wild. So, yeah, it's a long day, but it's wonderful, and I love spending it with my family. It's, it's a great day. How would you feel if all of a sudden the boss announced that from now on, you're only working four days a week? I think I'd have a heart attack out of excitement. <laughs> I'd kiss him and name my next dog after him. <laughs> a company called Unilever, you know, they make Dove Soap and Hellman's Mayonnaise. They're extending its trial of a four-day working week to 500 employees in Australia. 
after they did a big test run for 18 months in New Zealand went so well. Now, here's the deal. When they did it in New Zealand, the staff was happier, healthier, and more productive, and people being absent dropped by a third. Their employees also had a huge drop in stress and work-life conflict. Oh, and guess what? Part of the time-saving came from cutting down on meetings. Hmm. That's how they, uh, part of how they pulled off working only four days a week and still being just as productive. There you go. Man, or, wouldn't or, that be cool if that what if you just did your meetings on. on Fridays and they were a Zoom meeting and they had to be done before noon? What about that? Could we do that? But they don't work. They only work four days a week, so I would want Friday off. So excited to check in with our producer Griffin today because his little son had a birthday the other day, turned seven, and I can't wait to hear how the birthday party went with all the kids. So Griffin's in the studio with us, and I don't know if you guys saw it, but it came up on Facebook Memories uh, over the weekend when uh, Thatcher was born. Baby pictures. Did you see those, Taylor? No, and there's I missed one, that. There's one that was like fa- a facial shot of him. I mean, he is like newborn, like right. hours old, and he looks exactly like you. You think like, so? Facial expression, <laughs> everything. I'm like, I've seen that look before. That's, <laughs> that's Griff. So. I can't believe Thatcher's seven already. I'm- yes, it's crazy. I'm dying to know how the party went because you guys decided it. your wife scaled back. Yeah, supposedly, supposedly scaled back. It, I guess it was more scaled down than past years, uh-huh. but uh, it was great. She did a great job. Um, a lot of kids came over to our neighborhood. We had it at the playground. And, I mean, that's not lost on me. People take time out of their day, drag their kids up to our house, buy a gift and everything. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a pretty big commitment. So it was really cool. All those people came out for Thatch. Um, it all went well. There was one mishap, though. Okay. We had a, a pinata, and like all 15 kids took a chance hitting it. Yeah. That pinata was not opening. <laughs> 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 and we were like right in the sun. It's getting hot and sweaty, and we're trying to knock this thing. All the kids are. Then we finally just let Thatcher do it until it opened. He couldn't get it to open. Oh, like no! he's hitting as hard as he wow. can. I think part of the reason is my wife would only let us bring down a plastic bat to use. Oh. I said, we have metal and wood. Why can't we bring those, Sarah? No, no, let's just use this. This will be fine. Well, it wasn't fine. So my father-in-law, he was the one kind of controlling the pinata. He eventually just kept, like, you know, throwing it down to the ground (laughs) over and over. And finally, the candy came out. And kids ran and got it. uh, The pinata that wouldn't die. All right. It wouldn't. (laughs) Was it, like, a cartoon character or something? It was a dragon. A dragon because oh. he's into dinosaurs and dragons. Oh, that's I got cool. you. Yeah. Happy birthday, Thatch. Seven yeah. years old already. Wow. So Griff was just talking about Thatch had a seven year old birthday party. And you get invited to a seven year old's birthday party. You expect like you're you're gonna bring a gift, right? Mm-hmm. That's a reasonable expectation. If we invite you, you're gonna bring a present for our kid. Same with uh same with a wedding, right? Yep. Reasonable expectation if you get invited to a wedding. They it's expected you're you're gonna bring a gift. Well, wait till you hear what one couple Put on their invitations hmm. with a gift suggestion. We'll talk about it next. Wait to hear this wedding invitation, Taylor. A lady posted, I'm going to a wedding, and I just read the invitation, and I'm a little taken aback. The invitation reads at the bottom, cash gifts only. Oh, my. When considering your gift, keep in mind... Your dinner cost us $35 a person, and drinks are $3 each. Oh, that's so tacky. (laughs)
If you're worried about that, just have a cake reception and punch and be done with it. Do you think they were trying to be funny? Do you think that was it? Well, first That's of all, funny. first, I don't know. Would you put cash gifts only or would you just be... Who I has mean, cash anymore? Right. Nobody, you can Venmo. <laughs> Venmo gifts only. Maybe they're worried about taxes. Do you have to report wedding gifts on taxes? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But anyhow, they're saying cash gifts only. Nobody and, has uh, cash anymore. And apparently they want it to be more than $38. I'd be tempted to give them $38 and a penny. <laughs> also, think about that little pretty little basket that's got satin ribbon on it with some flowers. And all the cards are in it. Someone could just make off with that. It's all cash, so there's no way to get it back. Maybe they'll have a lockbox. A lockbox of cards. So what do you think? If you got that card, would it sit funny with you if you got that? It was part of your invitation. Cash gifts only, and it must be equal to or more than the value of your meal and one drink. (laughs) What if you don't drink? What if you're having water? How would it make you feel if you got that invite? So I think I've changed my mind that fast on is it okay to ask for cash. To straight up say, like, we would prefer cash as a wedding gift rather than letting people, you know, give whatever they whatever they want. And they said if you, on the invitation, now the invitation we were just talking about where they said you're, this is how much your dinner costs, so make it at least that much. That's, uh, I think that's a little out of bounds. But they said include, like, what you're going to use the money for. If you're saving for a home, we would appreciate if you could help us save for our dream home. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot different than just saying, cash and major credit cards, except, right? I mean, yeah. did, or, or if you said, like, you know, we, we're, we're going to take, we would like to, we're postponing our honeymoon until we can save up for our dream trip. If you'd like to contribute to that, you can do this. But they're saying, share your why, and that makes it a lot more understandable Palatable. for people. Yeah. The yeah. other thing you can do is you do not need to include that on the invitation. People are generous and kind, and they will ask the mother-in-law, the father-in-law, the siblings, hey, what are they, are they registered? Mm-hmm. And then you say, oh, actually, they didn't register. They're hoping people will just maybe contribute to their right. down payment on their house. And then people go, oh, cool. I would love to help with that. But when you put it on the invitation like that and include covering the reception meal, yeah, that's, it's, that's, it's uh, a bad that's taste. Poor taste. Yeah. So they, they said, let your family, your close family... And bridal party, no. Yeah. They'll, they'll get the word and out. And they'll let people know. Yep. So you're right on, on the right track there, Taylor.